Welcome to the podcast, Career Connections with the HR Insider, where we teach you how to stay, flow, or go in your career with your host, Barbara Mason, bringing you 20 years of the inside scoop and what really matters in your career. Our passion is helping you find yours. Welcome to another episode of Career Connections with the HR Insider. On today, I'm going to let you behind the scenes with a conversation and interview I did with Chef Adair Mason. She was a systems engineer, cashed in her 401k to open up her brand new company called The Veggie. It is a vegan meal prep and catering company. I want you to hear her story, and this is what I call a bold career move. Take a listen. Tell everybody about your company, kind of just set us up for what your company is, who it serves, and what you do. All right, so um, good evening, everyone. Um, So the veggie specializes in vegan comfort food. We deliver that food through a couple of different methods. We do fully prepared meal prep delivery, and we are working on shipping for a lot of the people who have asked. We do catering and provide personal chef services. And then we also have some wholesale partnerships locally where we're currently based in Huntsville, Alabama. In addition to that, we travel throughout the Southeast with our vegan food at festivals and events. Um, And it's a great uh, thing that we've been called upon to travel um, throughout Atlanta, Nashville, and Birmingham regularly to showcase our food. That is awesome. That was a lot. So first of all, for those that are just joining in, she does not have a restaurant where you can kick your feet up and go sit down and eat, but she does deliver and she's working on shipping. So let's talk about, first of all, how long have you been in business? So officially the veggie opened for business in January of 2018. So we're about to close out year two and start year three. Wow. Amazing. So for those that are coming in late, thank you so much for being here. You're in for a treat. I'm doing a special Facebook live interview with Chef Adair Mason of The Veggie. She's based out of Huntsville and she's talking about the bold career move that she has made. Um, She was a um, a systems engineer. She left her job, cashed in her 401k and opened her company. And so she was talking about how her company is a vegan comfort food um, catering and meal prep. So if you started your business Um, in January 2018. So kind of take us back a moment in time and tell us what led to this decision and tell us a little bit about your career before that. Okay. So um, a lot of people ask, um, have I been formally trained? I have not. I actually have two degrees in engineering, one in industrial and systems engineering, another in systems engineering. I do have all of the necessary certifications, serve safe and all those other things. I'm also certified um, in uh, allergy safety as well, which is super important for vegans since a lot of the foods that we eat touch on the big allergens like soy and nuts and things like that. Um, So um, my formal training is as an engineer through and through. Um, I used to be in the cube farm and do the whole corporate uh, life thing. Um, But I would say um, one thing I want to make sure that people understand and one thing I want to make a point of here is that Um, No matter what career you're in and no matter what career you want to transition to, there are always some tools you can gather from where you are right now. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was doing something extremely different than what I do now, but I um, gathered so many tools that I was able to use and still use sometimes daily um, to run my business. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure we'll talk about some of that stuff a little later. Um, But um, my background is strictly in engineering. Um, I have always had a love for food. 
And I had one of those good old Southern mamas who was like, you know, everybody in the house has to know how to cook in here. Yeah. So um, one thing I can appreciate about my mom that I don't think a lot of people um, necessarily do when they learn to cook is that my mom was very big on me mastering something. So it wasn't just a thing of come help in the kitchen. It was you learn how to make something, you learn how to perfect it, and then now, now that's your responsibility. Wow. So because that's how I grew up, um, it was pressure in the house to yeah. make sure the food was good, that it tasted like mom's, and that yeah. you know, she could trust you with um, you know delegating that task. And so, right. but that made me a perfectionist when it came to how I prepared things. Wow. And um, I always use my mom as the standard because she's, um, even though she's no longer with me, she's still the best cook that I've ever met. Wow. And so for me, um, what started the transition into starting the business was a couple of things. Number one, I started to get that unrest that a lot of people feel when, you know, it's time to start looking at another option or another path. You yeah. get that uneasiness, you get that unrest where you're no longer comfortable where you are. You're not satisfied. doesn't matter what project they move you to, what promotion you get, how much money you make. It's There's not something enough. that you feel is missing. Now, let me start right there. That. How long yeah. had you been in your career when this unrest started to happen? Um, so I worked as assistant engineer for uh, about exactly 10 years. So I would say somewhere around year six, honestly. Okay. Okay. Um, started to feel that, that, you know, just that dissatisfaction with anything that right. that happened not being ungrateful but just that there was just something missing it wasn't right. enough anymore to win an award or to get a promotion right um so that was where it started for me and so that unrest caused me to do a couple of things but not to really take the leap quite yet it wasn't enough to push me over the edge yeah <laughs> what i did do with that unrest is i said okay let me at least try to see if something i'm interested in actually pursuing long term would right. work. So what I did uh, while I was still working my nine to five, mm -hmm. I took my off Fridays, which were every other Friday, and I used those opportunities to go throughout the city and sell my food. I mm -hmm. let people know, hey, I'm just at the time I was just selling plates. Yeah. Hey, I just you know I'm offering these two things this Friday. Right. You want it the price, and it'll be delivered to you. And so I started that in the city consistently every couple of weeks for like a, for about four to five months, just wow. testing out to see were people willing to buy my food, not knowing me, um, right. not knowing anything about me other than just my social profiles. And I had a really good steady customer base week after week. So I thought, wow, I, I may be on to something here. So let me you know, stop not right there. friend so, typing me up. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, oh, is this for real, for real? Or is it just my, you know, my, my play cousins and my friends, like, trying to help a sister out? So, right. so as you had the unrest, was it immediately like, you know what, I love to cook, I'm going to try cooking? Or was that a process? Or you always knew, I want to cook? How did that It happen? was definitely a process. Because I, and I think one reason why it was a process is because I had become so drained and beaten mm -hmm. down by what I was doing every day that it became hard to locate my passion. So wow. I had a period of time, actually, um, I would say really almost about a year, mm -hmm. um, which is one of the reasons why it took longer to leave that I had to really dis rediscover what I enjoyed. Wow. I had to separate myself from what I had to do and think about what I would like to do. And wow. I remember at the time, um, one of my um, past mentors had told me, Something that really, really helped because everybody who works a nine to five knows that daily drain and yes. what it feels like at the end of the day. 
Yeah. And I remember that I was so drained and so uninspired that I would come home in the evenings and I, I had nothing left for anything I actually wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Working on my business plan, doing research, um, you know, doing, just trying to discover and explore me. Right. I had no energy. I just wanted to disconnect and do nothing. And mm-hmm. I remember at the time that mentor told me that if where I currently was wasn't where I wanted to stay, I couldn't afford to let that affect where I was going. Wow. I was letting it drain me so much that I had no energy to actually pursue better things. Absolutely. He was, like, he was like, if you do that, this job will always rob you of what you actually want to do and where you actually want mm-hmm. to be. And so that's when I started going through the personal process of just trying to separate, mm-hmm. um, you know, my actual desires and passions apart from what I was just felt forced to do on a daily basis. Wow. Okay. So that was a big part of the process for me is just rediscovering what I loved. And when I thought about it and when I really assessed everything that I knew how to do, that I had explored, that I wanted to explore, I, at the end of the day, I said, there's nothing I would rather do every day than cook. Wow. That, that, that is amazing. And so for those that are just now joining us, um, I have Chef Adair Mason here with me. Um, she's my play cousin, in case you didn't know. Um, and she's the owner of The Veggie, which is a vegan comfort um, company that does catering and meal prep. And so she's talking about her journey of how she left her job as an engineer, cashing her 401k to open up her own company. And so Adair, you said a lot of, I mean, you dropped a lot of nuggets just in that short amount of time. And so one of the things that I heard is that First of all, it sounds like you thought about this. Like it wasn't like, oh, I have a dream. Oh, I want to be a cook. I'm quitting. Up. So it seems like that it was very strategic. Is that right? It was. So I went from the te- kind of testing my food out to see if people would like it to, okay, let me get serious about writing a business plan and actually nailing this plan down. And I had an accountability partner through that process. I had a friend where we would get together weekly and work on our business plans. She was working on a business plan for a daycare. Now I was working on a business plan for a food business, but we use each other each other as a motivator to wow. get that work done. Okay. And so we made a plan to work on that every week. Some weeks it didn't happen. Yep. There were some weeks where we would make sure that we would check with each other on action items and things like that. Um, and so I definitely had someone to help me just kind of help me push that process of getting that work done. Yep. Really looking at what the business would look like not jumping out there with just a dream, but also with the plan attached to that dream. Absolutely. And another thing that you said, so for those that are brand new to me, I help people stay go or flow in their career. And so similarly to Chef Adair, you know, I've stayed in corporate America just recently um, left on June 5th, three months ago. And so I want to talk to my people who are ready to go. Those who know that you have that unrest, those who know that the corporate life, like, okay, it's good until it's not good. And you're ready to kind of move on. And so one of the things that Chef Adair said that she did is that she started making food on her off Fridays and selling plates to people. And so the the thing that I want you guys to get is that she validated whether or not, one, does she have a viable product? And two, does she like it? Because let's just say, Chef Adair, that you took every other Friday off. And let's say you were selling plates. Let's say that you had more orders than you could keep up with. But let's say you found out, "Mm, I don't like this like I thought I did. Like I I like to eat good food, but I don't know that I want to cook for people. You know, so it's important that you validate what you want to do before you go and do it. Talk a little bit about that. Um, Yes, I agree. That's so important for a couple of different reasons. Number one, you know, like we kind of laughed about a lot of times friends and family will hype us up. Yeah. They think our stuff is good or it's cute. Um, But 
the the everyday consumer, the person who's really going to be keeping our business open and paying our bills mm -hmm. may not feel the same way. And so we have to put the pride aside and actually yeah. test the idea out, right? I think a lot of people don't like to test the idea, number one, because of pride and they're afraid of failing. Exactly. But being in being an entrepreneur, you will fail a lot. Yes. You will fail on a micro level and you may fail on a macro level. Absolutely. You can still be going, but you may have some failures. You will have some failures. Rather. Absolutely. So it's good to work out some of that stuff up front. Um, also, I have always been a proponent for making mistakes on a smaller scale before mm -hmm. going bigger. And so by me just selling plates before I ever quit my job, yeah. you know, I was able to get a feel for the delivery process, the, the mm -hmm. delivery side of doing this, right. um, the time it took to prep, the real money it took. Yep. Um, and that actually was really helpful. Things like uh, for a food business, food costs can make or break a business. Right. And so when I was doing that test, I learned, oh, some of these products, you know, if I really want to see a profit here, I have to yes. change what I'm using or get a better source. Right. It helped to work out just on a really small level mm -hmm. some of those preliminary things so that I didn't have to find that out once I started the business. That is so key. Okay, so let's keep walking through the journey. So you were selling plates. And so what was the catalyst or what was the point where you said, I think I have something and I'm going to go for it because it's one thing to know that you have something, but let's talk about what was the catalyst that got you there to say, I'm out of here. I'm going to do this. For me, it was a, a life event, um, a, a very traumatic life event. Um, my mother became ill and I, as an only child and as her only family here went from, you know, just having a really carefree life and working my job and being in a routine to having to take care of my mother at a pretty young age in her mid sixties, now being paralyzed and needing my care. Wow. And so for me, I took that life event as a, as a sign mm. because my mother and I really, the veggie was birthed out of concepts that we had discussed. My mother wasn't vegan, but she was always very interested in doing something with her food, but she was always too afraid to jump out there. And she had the mentality that a lot of us have, right? I don't have time to pursue a dream. I got bills to pay. Right. So I don't have time to quit a job. I don't have time to have any downtime between checks. I yeah. keep those checks rolling in. Exactly. So what I want to do, this is what I have to do. Right. And that was kind of the mentality that my mom had. And so when I saw her, you know, fall ill suddenly, still being a fairly young woman in her early 60s, mm -hmm. to me, it was a sign that I didn't have any more time to be scared or to waste. Wow. Um, I, I just looked at my life in that moment and I said, you know, I want to do this for my mom because now she won't be able to. But also, I don't want to get to a point where I'm no longer able to do the things I would like to do wow. and wish that I had. So for me, that life event really pushed me over the edge. And for me too, because losing my mom was the worst thing that could happen. I said, well, there's nothing worse that can happen to me. So even if I quit this job yeah. and I fail, it won't feel as bad as this life event. Right. And I think that's so important for a lot of people because um, as someone in the past, even before that, who used to struggle um, and still has to make sure I keep a good handle on things like depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, we can feel, tend to feel like when something bad happens, that that is a sign to stop or that right. that means it's meant for us or that 
now we've been depleted. And so now we can never really do what we want to do. Right. But I would encourage anybody who has had, you know, a moment where you've been kicked down or a loss or a bankruptcy or yeah. whatever it may be to, to look at that differently. Look at right. that as a catalyst for actually grabbing hold of the life yeah. that you want now and making it happen. Wow. That is, that is, that is beautiful and um, so unfortunate about the life event. But what you said is true is that sometimes those life events is what propel us to do great things. And I was um, telling Shepard there before we came on live that we have so many similarities in our um, story. And one similarity is that my mom passed away as well. And I agree, that's the worst pain that you can ever go through. And that really started me on my journey to look at my life differently. Um, and I didn't know then that it was going to equate to me leaving my job, but it did cause me to be really keen and have a good perspective on what life really meant. And I knew and decided at that moment that I wanted to have a life of impact um, and realize mm, that's not what I'm doing. You know, it, it was impactful, but not the kind of impact that I wanted to have. Right. So you made the decision. Tell us what it was like when it was time to actually do it. So like maybe the day you were gonna resign or that process, tell us about that. So let me say, first of all, too, now, like I said, I had started feeling you know, some unrest around year six. I was an engineer for 10 years. Yeah. Um, I had my resignation letter on my computer for about three to four years. I would just wow. update the date periodically <laughs> because, uh, because I, wanted, I wanted it to be real before it was real. Yeah, I wanted the thought process to start happening before it ever happened. Mm -hmm. um, but what I realized in the past that I was not quite ready to leave. I didn't really have a plan. I hadn't really mm -hmm. tested things out. And so every time I thought about turning that nose in, I was like, girl, you ain't got no plan. Just stay on <laughs> in longer uh, before you have to come back. <laughs> the fact that you actually wrote the letter. I like the fact that the letter. And I would look at it periodically. Would yeah. look at it and get a little motivation that like, and I would use that too if I wasn't ready. I'd be like, yeah. you know what? If you want to turn this thing, ready. you need to get ready. Right. Um, so, you know, by the time I got ready to turn the actual letter in, I had, I had memorized that letter. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to You can recite it like an Easter speech. <laughs> but um, it was interesting for me as I was leading up to my last day because I felt like I received so much confirmation that I was doing the right thing. Wow. Um, you know, I expected that more people than not at my job, especially because I worked directly for the government, right? Those good benefits, that stability. Right. Um, and I heard some of that. You know, people saying, oh, you're going to leave these good benefits or, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> Even that good um, job. <laughs> right. But I felt it was such confirmation to leave because I had so many of my coworkers who came to me on my last day and said, I wish I had done what you're doing when I was wow. your age. But I was too afraid. And there was one lady that I worked with. She said, I, she said, I was a photographer. It was mm -hmm. my love. But I got caught up here and now I may as well stay because I'm so close to retirement. Wow. And that was so many people's story wow. around me and for some reason all these people kept coming to me the last couple of days before I left saying go for it do it if it doesn't work nobody can take your education away nobody can take your experience away if you have to come back so be it. always get another go job try. go try to do it and so um I just felt so light and airy on the last day because I was like you know what I feel like Everything is aligning around me just to, to walk out of here confidently and with my head held high. And so, um, you know, 
for me, it wasn't too hard of a, too bad leaving that last day. Yep. But definitely, I made sure along the way to leaving, and especially on the last day as well. Um, everybody knows this, but you never want to burn any bridges. You right. never know where you'll have to travel back to. Absolutely. So, you know, businesses fail all the time, especially food businesses. Um, I also knew that I was down here in the deep south trying to introduce vegan food and, you know, that people liked it so far, but it could really go either way. (laughs) And so I made sure that I connected with people before I left, expressed to them what they had provided for me in my career, my appreciation for them. And I even let a lot of people know the tools that they were equipping me with as I was leaving. Um, Just to really let people know that they were appreciated, that I had seen them, that I valued them. And because, right, even though they were going to be past uh, co-workers and colleagues, I want them to become present customers. So I didn't want to do anything along that route um, that uh, would, would impact that in a negative way. You said a lot of key things. And one thing that I really want to emphasize for those that are listening and for those that have that unrest is the fact that you had a plan. So in everything that you said, you didn't say the word plan, but in everything that you said, the undertone is that it was thoughtful, it was strategic. And I like the piece that you you talked about leveraging the relationships. And so for those people that are wanting to go, that are wanting to leave their career and go into entrepreneurship or leave your company and go to a new one, whatever that may be, you must be strategic. And so I want to talk about, because you mentioned about lessons that you learned in corporate and how you're applying those in your business. Let's talk a little bit about um, the lessons that you've learned and how you're applying them in your business. Yeah. So um, one of the things I had the opportunity to do before I left my job, or I would say for about the last year and a half or two, is that getting one of those promotions did afford me the opportunity to manage a team. And Mm. so I was able to get experience managing a 30-person team, managing a budget, managing a schedule, Mm. um, managing customer demand versus what we had the money and time to do. And so um, at first, I remember when I got that um, promotion, I was like, okay, at some point in the next couple of years, I'm going to be up out of here. Yeah. don't want this promotion. <laughs> this is gonna make it hard to leave. Right, right, right. But, um, I started just to, to change the perspective on that. Um, another mentor that I had at the time said something to me that was kind of simple, but that I still even now uh, um, repeat to people. But that person told me that um, wherever you are, you have to look at what's there to fill your basket with. He was like, imagine that, um, you know, your purpose or what you want to do is your basket. And you're going to need a lot of things to help you actually um, build whatever it is you're trying to build. So your basket is the the vehicle, but then you need to actually put things in that vehicle that will help you to keep going. Hmm. So he was like, what do you have at your disposal now at your job that you could use that will also serve you in a business? So then I started looking at that promotion a little differently. I said, okay. Hmm. It's stressful to come to work and manage these 30 people, but but (laughs) I am getting experience managing a team, managing a team with people with various backgrounds and levels of experience and that have different roles. And so that was really, really has been helpful um, now as the owner of the business and having managed personalities and people who have varying skill levels and Mm -hmm. understanding what that means to work with them at their level and train them and, and things like that. 
Um, another thing was, as I mentioned, learning how to manage schedules and budgets. Super important when you have a small business because can't afford to be bleeding money exactly. <laughs> or resources. And so, and also you have a commitment to your customers. Um, for instance, for us, we deliver meals and we deliver those meals every Monday morning beginning at 5 a.m. If we don't decide to leave until 12 p.m., that's going yes. to impact our customers negatively. Right. So learning how to manage a schedule and realizing that it's important to meet your customer's expectation. Yep. Um, I think sometimes when we are on jobs, you know, we get a little jaded. Yep. And especially if we have a job where, for instance, with me, I was a government employee. We worked with contractors. And so we would get into this tug of war sometimes between government and contractor yeah. on what should be done, how it should be done, and when it should be done. And so, but we were the customer in that, in that scenario. Right. The contractor was serving us. And so at the end of the day, they could argue all they wanted. Whatever yeah. they signed up to on that contract was what they had to fulfill. Right. And so despite the frustrations in that, um, when you work in various capacities in, a, you know, in whatever industry you work in, right. learning the importance of meeting uh, your obligations mm -hmm. and your customer expectations is really important. Um, also, one thing that I learned that I would say it was kind of a uh, learning in reverse thing uh -huh. was that um, I realized that I hated my work environment. I didn't like the way it made me feel. Mm -hmm. I didn't like the the person that I felt like I had to be to operate successfully in that environment. What and does I didn't, that mean? Tell us, what does that mean? Um, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, where, we, where people talk about being who you have to be to survive versus to thrive. Mm -hmm. And so being a young black female engineer working in a predominantly white male space, mm -hmm. um, I had to be a tough cookie. Yes. I couldn't be a pushover. I had to be confident in what I had been brought on the team to do and speak up. If I had been given a role, assigned, you know, any type of task, I had to be confident in what those were. Um, and, and everybody knows this, right? I mean, our, our country has made strides in its own way, but in a lot of ways, we're still fighting from behind, right. especially black women and black right. men, of course, as well. But right. black women, sometimes we don't even get the chance. Right, exactly. Uh, so, so, you know, I had to be tough in that environment. You know, if I'm sitting in a room, a lot of times it was the case where I was the only woman in a room or the only minority in a room. I had to hold my own. Yep. So, no, you can't talk over me. No, you can't. I have something to say. I am in charge of this project. <laughs> so it was a situation where I, I had to be tough and I had to be really hard um, to operate in that environment. And then what I learned as I, you know, was starting my business is that, okay, I have to slough off some of that stuff mm -hmm. because now I'm in an environment where I can thrive. I set the pace. I right. set the tone. Right. I set what it feels like for me and my employees. Mm -hmm. And so that was like a learning in reverse where I realized I want to be in control of the environment. Mm -hmm. And I want it to be an environment where I can thrive and where the people who work along with me can thrive as well. Wow. Did you ever think about opening a restaurant? What, or, and tell me, if not, why you didn't open a restaurant? And why did you decide to do, number one, why did you decide to do vegan? Um, and were you already vegan when you started it? And then why the meal prep catering versus a restaurant? Um, so, uh, yes, I was already vegan when I started the business. I've been vegan for over five years. Um, and my mom was not vegan, even though I mentioned the business is built on some of our concepts. She was not vegan. That was yeah. one of the things I was still fighting with her about, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get her to do. But, you know, the Southern mamas, they like the gravy and the fixes and the yes. fries. 
education, all this stuff. Yeah. So, um, but I had gone vegan a little over five years ago, um, mainly for health reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, um, um, well, actually, wow, it's been longer than five years now. I was about to tell my age. Yeah, it's been longer. Than five years. <laughs> okay. Um, Back when I was in my 20s, <laughs> um, you know, even as a young woman, I was, I had adult acne. Hmm. I had severe joint pain, had really, really bad allergy and sinus problems. And I had high cholesterol. This is wow. all in my 20s. Wow. And so um, I also was having very bad digestive problems to the point where I was taking a prescription every day just to be able to get through meals. Wow. That's a lot. That's like 27. 28 years old. Wow. And so I remember my gastrointestinal specialist, you know, it was crazy. I had to have one of those, but he was like, Miss Mason, I think your body is telling you to change the way you eat. And my doctor had threatened me and said, look, if you don't get this cholesterol down, you know, we're going to have to put you on medicine. That's medicine you can't get off of. Right. You know, you're pretty much going to keep taking that long term. Right. And so um, I didn't want to deal with all that stuff. And so I had already started to making the slow transition. So I actually transitioned over a two year period and went from eating meat to pescatarian, just eating seafood, mm-hmm. to vegetarian, and then to vegan. Okay. So it was a process. It was a process. Um, but it, had, it helped me, it has helped me stick to it. It helped me learn my body, mm-hmm. learn what I needed to supplement and what I, you know, what it was okay to take out. Um, but I made that transition myself, mainly because of health reasons. Also, um, I would consider myself, I'm like, kind of like those, uh, one of those everything vegans for the environment, for my health, for the planet, you know, uh, for the cows, for everything. I love, you know, all of that. Yeah. Save the planet. Uh, <laughs> save the planet. Save the planet. Um, so, so yeah. So for me, um, you know, I really wanted to mash up you know, my new lifestyle with the concepts my mom and I had already talked about. Okay. And that was comfort food. Um, Our concept is still something, our original concept is still something I plan to realize. Um, One thing about the veggie that I think is unique from a lot of startups, um, but I have stuck to my guns about this, (laughs) is that um, part of my plan with the veggie was to have multiple streams of business flowing at one time. Okay. So there's the meal prep arm. Um, you know, there is the catering arm, there is the festivals and events and private, you know, Mm -hmm. events arm. And, um, also the concept that I haven't realized yet, but that's still in the plans, which is of a a, a fast convenience concept. So my mom and I, neither of us ever wanted the restaurant life. We want to have a life. We never want to be trapped in the restaurant, nailed down. So the extent of what I will do when I do start to establish actual physical locations is creating a fast, casual environment where people can get food that's not fast food, but in a fast environment. Okay. And so that's something that I still plan to realize. That's um, really heavy on what my, my mom and I um, conceptualize together. And so uh, my plan is to create as many streams as make sense for the veggie and that fit within the plan so that we're a sustainable business for a long time to come. Wow, that's awesome. Unbelievable. Your story is so amazing. There's so many key things. And I really want to appeal to those that you know, when that alarm clock goes off in the morning, you know, you're going to want to hit it about five times. You're not going to want to go. You have that feeling of unrest that Adair talked about. You have that feeling of, but I'm not quite sure what I can do. You need to kind of rediscover yourself. She talked about so many steps of how she literally left her job to open her company and um, has done that just in the last couple of years. 
So that's what I called a bold career move. And for those of you that are watching that are on the sidelines, like peering through the window and said, man, I want that. Let me just tell you, it has to be bold. She was strategic, but it was still a bold move to leave behind what you've established over a 10 year period to go after what you want. And so Adair, I want you to, to tell us if you were talking to someone, because I know there are people listening, that they're literally looking out the window like, oh, I, I wish I could do that. What would you say to them? Um, oh, wow. So much. Um, one thing that I would say, and I want to make sure I touch on this, Barbara, because there's actually um, a saying that a lot of people say in entrepreneurship that I actually hate and I disagree okay. with extremely. And I think that you will, too. OK. Um, a lot of people <laughs> make this statement that um, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life or, you know, you'll never hate Mondays. Yeah. I'm here to tell you that is not true. Come on, it's cousin. Not, it's not <laughs> True. Right. Um, I love being my own boss. I do not regret at all starting this business. But do I love every single task associated with my business? No. Are there some Mondays that I wake up and I still have things to do because I don't have Monday off necessarily? Right. Um, so do I love every Monday or every start to the week? No. Um, it doesn't mean I'm any less passionate about my business, but we have to be realistic in our expectations. And I think that the problem with a lot of the, you know, the advice that we see that flows into the space. And one reason why I love Barbara, what you do is that a lot of people don't deal in tangibility. Mm -hmm. They're like, Oh, follow your dream. Oh, believe. Yeah. Oh, have faith. <laughs> it takes actual real actions and steps still to make that happen. Even if you believe in yourself to the moon and back, if you believe Absolutely. in God, whatever it may be, belief is not enough. Inspiration Absolutely. is not enough you will not always be inspired, so you have to be disciplined. And so it's really important, number one, to gain that strength before mm -hmm. you leap. If you're the type of person where it's hard for you to stick to something, it's mm -hmm. hard for you to finish something, um, you know, if you have problem with, you know, stick to itness, yeah. you know, being steadfast, that problem's gonna continue when you start your business. Absolutely. Just because you start your business doesn't mean that, that your vulnerabilities automatically go away. You have to still no. work at them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's number one. Um, number two, in talking about tangible things, right? Um, I've had uh, a lot of people um, contact me and say, hey, I think I'm ready to leave my job, but you know, like I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, and I believe for a lot of people, what they're talking about in that, in that case is money. Yeah. <laughs> um, because that's what a lot of us are always looking at, you know, right. how much money, how much cushion do I have? So I don't have to fall yeah. too much. Uh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, you know, but, um, you know, there are some real tangible things you need to do and some real planning you need to do. For instance, for me, before I left my job, I looked at all of my expenditures on a monthly basis. And I said, what things are unnecessary that I don't need at all? Right. Most things got canceled automatically. <laughs> Done. Automated payments, whatever, those things got canceled. Yeah. And then I said, okay, there's also some things on here that I still don't need, but maybe I've wrote myself into a contract or something like right. that. Or maybe I've got some credit cards I've been irresponsible with. And so I looked at my expenditures, I cut off things that were unnecessary, and then I paid off any bills that I didn't need to still have after I left my job. Hmm. I didn't want any extraneous expenses right. that were going to drain money because I knew leaving my job. For a little while, I'm going to be living off my cushion right. until my business ramps up to where I need it to be to sustain right. me. 
And so um, I had to be smart about just what was at my disposal. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't, I said this, you know, before in a previous article that I feel like it's much less about what you have mm -hmm. than what you do with it. Um, yeah. I know of a woman here in Huntsville who started her business with $5,000. She started a gym, a studio, mm. and she's been in business for two years. Now she's moving to a bigger space. Started her business wow. with $5,000 wow. on her own, wow. no help. And so some people are sitting on their jobs, right, with 50K in their 401K, still scared to leave. And there's people yeah. out here starting with $5,000. $5,000. No. But also, yes. right, I haven't talked to her, but I'm sure she also had to assess her life and say, okay, we don't need this deluxe cable package. Right. We don't need, you know, we may not be able to go to, to get a massage every month for right. right now. We have to be willing to be temporarily inconvenienced for the dream. A lot of people don't want to be uncomfortable. They don't want to be inconvenienced. They don't want anything to change. But shifting into a new space, especially a space that you are creating, a dream that you are creating, a plan that is yours, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. Oh. And so, um, you know, it, like I said, it's, it's a cross between believing in yourself, mm -hmm. taking real action, really looking at your own circumstances, because nobody can tell you, you know, to cut that deluxe cable package off. Right. You got to do that on your own. <laughs> start spending money more responsibly, but you know your circumstances, you know what you right. have at your disposal, and you have to be smart about that. And then, as I said, also, um, you know, appreciating where, where you are and taking lessons from that as much as possible. Absolutely. Man, that's such, such great advice. And I can't um, do anything but agree with you. You got to have a plan. And I like what you said, but you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. And that's why I titled this Bold Career Moves, because a lot of you want it. A lot of you want it. You're looking out the window. I remember when I left my job and I still talk to people there. And one of the things they said to me is like, I feel like they were telling me, I feel like we're in prison. Like you, you, you got out, like you escaped um, or whatever. And so a lot of you want it, but are you willing to do what it takes to get it? And that's really where it comes down to. You can have the strategy and the plan. It can be pretty on paper. It can be perfect. The numbers can line up, but at the end of the day, it's going to take that courage, that boldness, and like you said, that stick to itness. Like, can you do it? And so I encourage you, if you're listening and you know that you have that unrest, then I want you to take the gems and the nuggets that Chef Adair has um, mentioned in tonight's broadcast. And it's been such a pleasure having you. And now I want everybody to know how they can get in touch with you. So especially for those in the Huntsville area, um, let them know how your service works. Because I, and guys, if you haven't been on the website, she'll give you the website address. But um, one of the things that I really like about your brand there is that the packaging i love the compostable pack i'll let you tell all that but i love the packaging i love your brand um and i'm a, the type of person that i understand i need to eat healthy but i also want it to taste good and i want it to look good and everything that i've seen from you meets that criteria so tell everybody how they can get in touch with you how they can get your stuff and all that jazz Okay, so currently we're based in Huntsville, Alabama, and so that's where we offer the regular service of meal prep. A lot of people have asked, and they get the meal prep in other cities? We're working on shipping for 2020, um, but right now we're still only um, delivering meal prep in the Huntsville area. If you're outside of our delivery area, which is a 25-mile radius, 
we have a pickup option for you that we do on Mondays for our, kind of our folks that work out of, that live out of town but work in Huntsville or commute yeah. to Huntsville. So if you're in Huntsville, you can take advantage of the meal prep service. You can read all about that on the website, which is www.eattheveggie.com. There is a page called Meal Prep Services. It will give you all the information about the service. If you scroll to the bottom of that page, there are three important links. One is called How It Works. It gives you everything about our service from ordering to delivery. So it tells you what to expect, tells you when you'll be getting your order, how to go through the process of ordering and all of that. There's also a link there for a new client form. If you are in the Huntsville area or um, able to pick up food from us, um, what we do is we establish a client profile for you. Once you fill out that form, it comes to us automatically. We build your client profile, and now we've recorded all of your preferences and all the information that we need to serve you. And so from now on, when you order, we will apply those preferences to your order. So you don't have to remind us each time, hey, I'm allergic to this, or I don't like this. We establish that profile, and when you order, we look at that and apply those preferences to your order every time. The third link at the bottom of that page that's important is for a phone consultation. If you've read through that page and you still have questions or maybe you have some really specific health needs and you wanna know, hey, can you guys still meet my needs? Then you can schedule a phone consultation, those are free. A 15 minute consultation where we will review any questions with you or any clarifications about the service. Um, our, it's really easy to order from us. You can do everything from the website. You can go to our shop page and it has all the packages that we currently offer there. And if you're a client that needs a more specialized attention, again, for health needs, or maybe you're looking for more of a private chef service, then that's something a little different and we'll have a more extensive consultation with you so that we can actually develop a package that meets your needs and your budget. So you're not just limited to what's on the website if you need something else to really help you get through your transition or to help you be healthier. Okay. If you're outside of Huntsville, what we suggest is following us on social media. Mm -hmm. On Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at eattheveggie underscore. And if you follow us there, we always post our locations throughout the week. Well, Shepard dear, thank you so much for joining me. It has been an absolute pleasure. I wish you the best. And for those of you that listen to the broadcast and you know that you need to do something different, but you don't have a plan and you don't have a strategy, I want you to reach out to me. If you want help, then I'm here to help you. And so you can reach me at bit.ly forward slash chat with HR. And I will put that in the link as soon as this broadcast is over. It's bit.ly forward slash chat with HR. And as I always say, I want you to expect greater. Life is too short to do anything different, but to expect greater. See you guys soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of Career Connections. You can find us at www.careerpathwaysconsulting.com or on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter under Career Pathways Consulting. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, don't be satisfied with the status quo in your career and life. Expect greater because life is too short to do anything different. See you next time.